friends, we're back. Your favorite podcast of the week. It's Location Weekly. It's episode number 577. We're recording on July the 12th, and uh, we're happy to be here. How are you, Abriana? I am good. Just cruising through the week, you know, enjoying the summer. Um, yeah, not too much excitement happening at the moment, but things are good. How about you? Yeah, it's uh, just kind of the same, kind of, you know, uh, getting through, uh, you know, the, the early part of the summer here. It's hot here in Toronto and humid every day. Um, yeah, my Blue Jays are a mess right now. Nine out of ten losses. Not good. Not good. Slipping back. It's not good. But um, anyways, they're coming home, so hopefully they can turn it around. Um, and I'm going on Friday, so that'll be, yeah, that'll be good. Great. Um, yeah, other than that, you know, it's, uh, not a lot going on. It's kind of like that, you know, everybody's sort of, you know, on vacations or, you know, enjoying the weather or whatever, you know, and, uh, I, I find like business is slowing down a little bit, but that's okay. Cause the fall is just around the corner. We get, we're in the throes of retail local planning right now. Um, if we're our, uh, resumption of in-person conferences in Atlanta this October, we just signed um, a keynote speaker from Kroger, so I'm excited about that. And um, yeah, and a couple of new sponsors coming on board. And yeah, so it's it's good times. Awesome. Well, we have a good show, so I'll go ahead and jump in and kick it off. Um, our first story is an interesting combination. Um, not so not not super surprising to me, but. Um, probably, you know, on headline, it might be surprising to some folks, but Verve has partnered with Getty Images. And so maybe at first you're thinking, hmm, but they are launching what is called visual intent. And this new offering is really allowing brands to engage with consumers based on contextual, um, you know, targeting. So they're, they're focusing on, on cultural items such as like sports, entertainment, uh, you know, moments that are happening across the open web and how they're doing that is they're combining Getty images, right? You think of like stock photography and all of these different images that Getty has and that metadata there with Verve's what they have moments.ai, which is their uh, contextual marketing platform. So um, this integration is really allowing more like brand safe targeting, you know, that content and understanding where um, you know, your advertising next to is really very interesting. And this is happening in real time. Um, you know, so obviously placing any type of media next to these images from Getty um, and, and doing that in a contextual way is very interesting. So what I, I love about this story, when I saw it, I said, oh, this finally came to fruition because I remember having um, a very distinct conversation with, with Mike Zarelli, who is the global strategic development head there at Getty. Um, you know, I've known him for a long time out of Atlanta, and I remember having this conversation where it was more of an idea, um, you know, about four years ago. And so it's wonderful to see that his like vision of this has come to fruition. 
Um, and I also think this is a really great idea because as we move away more from that deterministic data or very um, personal kind of targeting uh, that we have based on cookies and things of that nature, I think contextual and probabilistic and understanding maybe what the reader is, is looking at or you know where they are, that image that's in their mind and being able to advertise next to that is really important. So I think this is a great idea. I think it's a perfect um, you know, partnership, the two, the two companies coming in together. And uh, you know, and, and I think that this is um this is good for Verve as well, right? Like we've we they've had so much movement, they've been in the industry for a long time. And you know, I think this is something that's kind of a unique offering, at least that they're first to market with. So um I think this is a, a, a great announcement here. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said, and I think that it is uh, an industry first, um, you know, in combining this type of content and data together. I think it's, you know, the the vertical segments that they're going after here in terms of sports and entertainment and, and those types of things where, you know, consumers are there, there's a lot of content being created, you know, and being able to, you know, deliver ad content alongside that, um, you know, I think is, is very interesting and makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, uh, Ramon uh, Sidhu, who's uh, the SVP at, on the Verve side, who uh, I'm assuming led this partnership, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I go way back with uh, as well, uh, formerly at Beamray, which, uh, you know, was acquired by Verve and uh, he joined that way. You know, we, uh, Ramon and I ran several events for the LBMA in, in London and in, uh, in, uh, in Spain over the last number of years. So it, it's, um, you know, it's always great to see, uh, you know, these these folks that we've been working with in the industry, uh, you know, progress uh, and and create these great partnerships between, you know, strong industry players. And, and so, but but I think from, um, you know, a, a sort of, you know, visual content advertising mashup point of view, I think this is extremely strong. Obviously, two very uh, well-hewed companies uh, in their own rights uh, coming together to do some you know some very interesting things and so you know this i you know i would love to see if maybe we can get this kind of um uh, product you know sort of positioned in some way at retail local because i, th I think it's you know as, as we think about brands you know coming out of the pandemic and opportunities to engage consumers in different ways you know and given the privacy constraints that you know we've been talking about on the show and are, are around us right now i think this is a different way to use location data and content and, um, to engage, you know, consumers in uh, in interesting and new ways. So I like it. All right, um, switching over now to our friends at Snapchat. Um, so I don't know about you. I like I have Snapchat. Um, it, it's more something that, for me, you know, it, it's it's definitely you know something that millions and millions of people are using. Um, you know, for me, it's my kids, you know, uh, my, you know, teenage kids that are on this uh, platform and using it 24 um, seven, you know, and I kind of occasionally jump on to kind of see what they're doing. And what's interesting is they have now this thing called Snapchat plus, which is a subscription service on top of the basic free Snapchat, uh, that they sell for three ninety nine a month. Uh, it's only available in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., France, Germany, Australia, New Zealand, Saudi Arabia, and UAE. So it's not everywhere. Um, and um, it has a number of new features, one of which uh, that I, I wanted to highlight today is something called Ghost Trails. 
Uh, and this is basically a new service that lets users check the location history of where their friends have been for the last 24 hours. Um, so I think, you know, if I, if I put myself in sort of the shoes of my you know, 19 year old daughter or my 16 year old son, you know, we're on these platforms and hanging out with their friends or constantly snapping with their friends, uh, you know, knowing where they've been or, you know, what they've been up to, I think is interesting. Um, the caveat here is, is in the sort of current privacy climate that I was just alluding to that we're in, um, you know, they've put in some sort of controls uh, around this to make sure that, you know, privacy is maintained or, or, you know, that control is given to the, you know, the Snapchat user. So a couple of things. First of all, I'll, uh, a user will only see the ghost trails on the Snap Map for the friends that they've enabled location access for that user. So you have to say, these friends are allowed to see my my ghost trail, number one. So that's that's important. Um, so if your friends uh, you know, haven't enabled location sharing with you, you're not seeing where they've been. Um, it's all opt-in uh, for all users, meaning you, know, you have to choose to do this. It's not like you're automatically you know, opted in here and then you, you have to opt out. Um, so that's, I think, you know, good and solid and, you know, the right approach when you're kind of trying to share location history and things like that. Uh, it's available on uh, iOS and Android. You have to update to the latest uh, version, which is 11.85, to see this new feature in your device. So just to point that out for anybody who's, uh, who's listening to that. Um, and the last piece is, is that you can only see uh, the ghost trails uh, for you know those in the countries where this service is enabled. So if you have friends in in other countries that aren't on the list I mentioned earlier, you're not able to to see that ghost trail and they can't see yours. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. I can see this taking off with you know that you know demographic and user base that are on Snapchat. Uh, like I, you know, I'll, I'll uh, check with my daughter, you know, later today, but, you know, I'm uh, 100%, I could see her, you know, sort of enabling this for her small group of friends, you know, that I know she's in close contact with all the time. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Abraham? Yeah, well, I think what's great to clear up is like that this has to be enabled. There has to be a level of permissions that are set. So I'm glad that you set the stage with that because um, if that wasn't the case, I could see this being very problematic. Like, I knew you were cheating on me or <laughs> yeah, yeah. where you said you were supposed to be. Um, so I think that's very interesting. You know, this reminds me in one in some ways, I think this is like a feature where I think of like a glimpse, right? Or yeah. you know, kind of like the breadcrumbs, right? So that you are enabling, let's say you're getting together with a group and you aren't, aren't in a place maybe where you're able to like text or hear your phone and you're not checking in all the time and you want your friends to be able to find you. Depending on the precision of this, I think this is a good feature, you know, to be able to kind of figure out like, oh, I'm going to meet up with this person or this group and, you know, just being able to kind of find each other is, is a is a great way to use this. I do think it's a little interesting that they're charging for the feature. Um, you know, like I get the monetization aspect of it, but I'm curious how, uh, you know, how how much that revenue is going to be generated. I'm sure there's some people that will that will use it. So I'm definitely interested to hear someone like your daughter's perspective on like their, you know, their demographic and like age. Is is that something they're going to use? And the, are they willing to pay that $3.99 a month um, for this specific? Yeah. It, 
and to be fair, just to point to clarify that, so the the Snapchat plus three ninety nine, you know, the, this is just one of the features that is included in that this Ghost Trails piece. There's like, you know, see who who rewatched your story. You can customize your app icons. You can pin your friends, you know, to your chat history. You can do a bunch of other things that are included in this that aren't in the basic Snapchat. So sorry. No, yeah, I think that like that. So it'll just be interesting to see like what is the uptick, what are the drivers of that. Um, so definitely very, you know, interested in, in, um, you know, seeing how, how that grows. But I do think that having that glimpse like feature, uh, within snap is like really valuable, um, in the aspect of like finding friends, because it's all about, you know, connecting people and seeing where people are. Um, so whether that's like, you're just interested because you're far away from one another, or it's because you're trying to find your friends like in the city and <laughs> want to be able to, to get together. Um, you know, I think that that's, that's an interesting place. So we'll see. Yeah. And just one, one other little thing too, which I think is also good, um, is that you can clear your ghost trail, uh, history by toggling the ghost mode on and off as well. So, yeah. uh, you know, you have that additional control over clearing it as well, which I think is good that they thought about that. So I think that's great. I also think that it would be wonderful if we could, you know, enable that across all of our digital footprints, especially for right. kids. You know these days because a lot of the choices that you make when you're younger you're like oh, i wish i could sunset that data um you know and kind of rework that but it's it's one of those those things but um yeah so our next story let's go to mcdonald's right one of the most iconic brands most recognizable brands and also one that we know is always uh you know investing in technology and and new things so i think this is a interesting story because um, a few years ago, McDonald's had acquired a technology company called Apprente, and this was really part of their like strategic growth plan to help them innovate, you know, across digital delivery, drive through all of those different touch points, um, you know, really focusing on developing things out of relevant customer preferences, customer data, consumer data. Um, but McDonald's now is partnering with IBM in the aspect that IBM has agreed to fully acquire um, McD Tech Labs, which evolved out of the Apprenti acquisition. And so what they're really working on, on doing, we know IBM is very, you know, with their Watson technology, they are very AI centric. And so they have a lot of this AI powered customer care. And now they're going to take all of that McDonald's data and attempt to turn it into more personalization, customization, and create this engine for them. So the girl, the goal here is really to, um, you know, make this like very turnkey for the world's largest restaurant. And the hope is that this will accelerate McDonald's efforts that they that they have um, to have that unique kind of customer and employee, they say, experience. So, uh, you know, kind of from like a methodology perspective, they're taking in historical transaction data, catalog menu items, um, you know, looking at the marketing campaign KPIs, what are they trying to achieve? And then they're going to, you know, really personalize that with, um, you know, what what are you and I ordering from a personal perspective through our McDonald's app? And and now how they're doing this is, um, and they obviously want to use that all to predict future behavior, but they're testing this in a very unique way, and that is within the drive-through. So through some select drive-through lanes in Chicago, they're testing out this dynamic menu board that is tailored and customized based on your license plate. So, you know, based on your past orders and your car and using that as an identifier, 
they're kind of tailoring this in the in that preference, you know, and style. So I think this is interesting. Um, I mean, I always I have always been very intrigued with what you know IBM is doing and how they have all of this um, data. And a lot of times it has been around the food industry. I know early on there's been a lot around like here's a soup recipe for you or here's something you should try based on specific preferences. Um, and so I think that this is probably a great use and application of their technology. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. You know, McDonald's, I would love to see them be able to use this and power like better service, make sure the ice cream machine doesn't break. The one thing I eat at McDonald's, you know, <laughs> um, can you predict that? That would be great. But I think overall, this is a very interesting acquisition and probably a great partnership for both of them. Yeah, I, I think it's, first of all, you know, uh, kudos to McDonald's for, uh, you know, sort of acquiring these companies over the last number of years, building up their own sort of tech lab and innovation space, and then getting it, you know, to a point where it's so good that, you know, a tech company and IBM comes along and says, you know, we, actually, we want to, we want to acquire that. So, you know, I think that's interesting. You, you know, it's, it's, you know, almost never goes in that direction where it's a, you know, a, a retailer restaurant brand in this case, you know, that's the one that's being seen as innovative and at the tech company coming and getting the, you know, the, the lab from them. So that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, I want to focus in on this uh, license plate, you know, reader stuff. So, you know, th this is a field that has evolved a lot in the last, you know, five years or so. So, you know, to the point where, you know, the LPR system. So, so uh, there's a whole sort of, you know, uh, slew of companies now in what they call accurate license plate recognition, LPR, um, using cameras to do this. Um, so it's the same technology that you see behind, you know, facial detection and these kinds of things, but applied specifically to recognizing through cameras and AI, um, you know, license plates and vehicle, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, models and things like that. And we've seen this applied to uh, out of home, um, you know, a number of the big out of home guys, you know, you're driving along the highway, and there's a digital display there with, with one of these LPR cameras built into it, it sees you're driving a Mercedes and that's the time when, you, when you're going by, you know, they'll run the ad for the BMW, uh, you know, trying to, you know, play off, you know, you're driving one luxury car, we're going to try and, you know, you know, make it timely to show you an ad for another one. And and I find it interesting to see like, okay, now we're, we're bringing this technology down to the drive-through level um, and recognizing, you know, repeat customers, you know, and loyalty um, and able to customize and personalize based on that, you know, what's showing up on, on the digital menu board in that drive through. So I, I think this is great. I think it's fascinating. I think it's a, it, it's a, uh, a very interesting way to deliver, you know, location-based personalized content um, and something that I think that, you know, meets that sort of test that we talk about all the time about relevance and you know an exchange of value because you're you're saving me time you know likely presenting me with you know the order that i probably already want based on my last time through there so um you know i i, I like this a lot so and, and good on ibm for picking up the tech yeah i mean you bring up an interesting point though is that like we've been looking at the whole license plate recognition stuff in a completely different way and more of like a government or a transportation format where it's been like, you yeah. know, 
we drive in and out of uh, the city all the time and George Washington Bridge, the toll is by plate, you know, driving on the turnpike, the toll is by plate, like everything is just billed to you or you have an easy pass, right? So I think it's really interesting now that we're taking that same technology and utilizing it, you know, as an identifier for advertising and marketing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how does this, where's the friction point and, and how does this like fall with you know, it's identifying, right? How are how are we going to allow people to use it? But it's right there, <laughs> so it's not like your, uh, you know, your uh, your mobile device ID. It is it is uh, visible for all to see. <laughs> can't opt out. There you go. You can't opt out. No. All right. So moving on to our final story now, uh, we'll shift to longtime, you know, uh, LBMA community member here, SafeGraph. Uh, has announced a partnership with a company called Predict HQ, uh, you know, to kind of combine, you know, their data sets for location intelligence. You know, Safecraft, obviously, uh, if you've been around our community for a while, you know they have lots of data on places and, and mobile devices and movements, you know, true location data, um, you know, uh, provider and POIs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Predict HQ is, you uh, describes themselves as a demand intelligence company. So they're a company that, um, uh, I love their, their tagline, they say, you can't pr prepare for what you can't see coming. So this is a company that is all, you know, they work, do a lot of work in, in you know, the food, re you know, restaurants, retail, um, sports, uh, um, you know, things like that. And, and typically what they focus on is helping you or you as a business. So let's say you run, you know, a retail store, understand, you know, how local, you know, festivals or, you know, school holidays or, you know, severe weather, you know, um, and things like that can impact and uh, uh, your business in terms of traffic. Um, and so being able to kind of plan and predict better, uh, you know, staffing and other things based on, you know, sort of uh, what that demand might look like, you know, from events uh, that, are, that are happening around you. And so they've announced this partnership with, uh, with SafeGraph, obviously bringing, you know, all of their POI uh, database uh, together with, you know, their, their demand side data. And I think this is interesting because, you know, it, it's, um, I'm, I'm a big proponent for, you know, data mashups and, and because, I, you know, I think it's one thing to say, hey, I, we've got this great location data and we can tell you, you know, the, the POI information for this place and we can tell you the, you know, the, the mobile movements around it. Uh, and that's good. And that tells you a certain amount about what's, you know, what's happening there in terms of foot traffic. But, you know, to know and be able to say, uh, you know, through integration with something like Predict HQ and be able to say, hey, you know what, we're expecting that, you know, you know this Thursday to decline by 12% in terms of foot traffic because such and such events are happening in and around the area and the neighborhood uh, or this storm's coming in, you know, and things like that, I think is really interesting. You know, in a similar way, you know, uh, with what we're doing at ground level, um, on the other side, like, you know, we're trying to bring POS data together with, with um, you know, the, the foot traffic data to look at conversion rates and things like that. So I think the more you can find ways to combine data sets together, um, you know, your, lo your core location data stuff with other, you know, complementary, you know, data sets, whether it's event-based like this or, you know, uh, transaction-based or 
performance based or what have you, I, I think uh, you know the the stronger you know the intelligence and the ability to you know draw real insights that can help you manage a business um, you know more efficiently be, becomes interesting. So I, I, I like this. I want to I want to dig more into kind of what these guys have at Predict HQ specifically and and um, you know what that could look like for you know a number of other players in, in our industry. So what are your yeah. thoughts? No, I really like this mashup and what I, I think there's a lot of opportunity here, not only from an enterprise level and, and thinking about, um, you know, larger companies being able to plan and predict, uh, but also for like a small business level, right? Understanding what do I need to have in stock? What's the foot traffic likely mm -hmm. going to be like this weekend? Um, you know, looking at the past uh, as well as like the events, right? So thinking of what IBM is kind of doing in that predictive place, but also using these types of data sets and this type of a mashup. So I think this is really um, something that can be applied across so many different verticals and both like large scale and small. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of package this up if it's just like as a data solution or if they create more of an interactive platform, you know, that perhaps like a smaller business can just log on to and use or, um, you know, kind of be able to gauge like what what they need to have in stock over the next you know month or so, whether it's a restaurant or um, a boutique, right? So I, I think there's like so many different avenues that this could go. Yeah, agree. So that's it. That's our uh, our show for this week. Four uh, interesting stories. There's some brand uh, news, um, some interesting industry partnerships, um, some new features from Snapchat and. Uh, uh, lots to digest there. So thank you for listening and watching. It's been episode number 577 of Location Weekly. We thank you for your time. Please reach out if you have story ideas, feedback for us. Um, if you want to get involved in uh, our upcoming retail local conference in Atlanta, uh, that's October 26th and 27th, uh, let us know. We're open right now for content, for uh, speakers, for sponsors. Um, and uh, we would love to have you involved. So, uh, you know, just reach out to either Aubriana or I and we can get you connected. So um, we'll, we'll see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye.